This is CliffCentral.com. Fear's a powerful thing. I mean, it's got a lot of firepower. If you can figure out a way to wrestle that fear, to push you from behind rather than stand in front of you, that's very powerful. Multiplying leadership, moving society the millennial way. But you don't want to end up going after goals and dreams and neglect yourself. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform with your host, Bongani Tao. Than you did. Youth Leadership Platform. All right, uh, just like that, we have landed again. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform with your host, Bongani Tao. Follow the conversation as per usual on at Simply Bongani across all social media, YLP Cliff Central on Twitter and Instagram, Youth Leadership Platform on Facebook. So, we we always bring out the best um, in in any industry that we focus on because we are all about unraveling and talking about narratives that you know foster ideas that impact society that drive society forward that move society forward and we are doing that with the youthful voice hence the youth leadership platform we're about to engage today's guest but before we do that i'd like to give you a brief intro of who i'm sitting across from in the studio today so her name is keshni and keshni is a business coach and mentor to budding entrepreneurs and in, and individuals who strive to be the best version of themselves she's not the average image consultant she has an mba Oh, she's an mba graduate from the garden business institute of business science okay see already there <laughs> uh, tells you that i'm dealing with a lot in the studio today with a solid professional track record ranging from management consulting to mergers and acquisitions after executing the biggest deal on the johannesburg stock exchange in the last decade which was worth roughly 34.6 billion south african rand and listing vodacom tanzania on the dar es salaam stock exchange which that was around 240 million US dollars. So she decided to exit, much like me, I guess. Um, she's an impresario. <laughs> the corporate world to pursue the life of an entrepreneur. She has seamlessly transitioned from a, a corporate professional to an innovative entrepreneur. Through her online personal styling and image consultancy, she works closely with designers to promote local fashion, brands, brands to clients who would and are too busy to shop for themselves. Her innovative service delivers up to 10 selected items to clients based on their lifestyle, size, style, and budget to their doors. How convenient is that? Very convenient. <laughs> <laughs> How much simpler can shopping get? Um, I, I don't think it can get any simpler than that. So her studio being an extensive, an extension rather, of her online personal styling service provides a space for personal consultations 
coaching, and a showcase for local designers. This business model promises to be a game changer in the retail sector in South Africa. And her company website is style.co.za. Style spelled S-T-Y-L-D. Welcome to the Youth Leadership Platform, Kechani. It's such a pleasure to have you with us. And it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much <laughs> for the invite. I was so surprised when you called me. I was like, oh, cool. So we, we, we met at uh, SA, SA, Fashion SA Fashion Week. And I, I was fascinated because when we met, I had no idea. I think Michael you were with? Yes, Michael Lawrence. Yes, Mike Lawrence. Yeah. So... Uh, I, I, I was like, okay, so I know Mike is is, is very much um, apt when it comes to the fashion industry, style, and all these different things. So the, this beautiful lady that he brought, what does she do? You know, what what what's her involvement? And but you're here yeah. today, so I guess we 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 all get to find out. So take us a, through history. Let's start there, where you grew up, how you grew up. And then we'll get into the finer things and speak about style, which I'm very passionate to get into. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, so, okay, so I was born in the 80s. I born in Pretoria, born, brought up, still live there in the little town called Lodium. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm ever going to Where the millionaires and billionaires uh, no, live? No, not anymore. They've, they've <laughs> left us. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a lovely little town, mm-hmm. um, very close-knit community. Um, and I obviously went to school there, uh, graduated in 97, started working straight out of school. What did you do? What was your first job? Uh, I worked at SARS, actually. I was a data capturer. Interesting. What? Yeah, I was 17 years old and a data capturer. I met Nelson Mandela while working at SARS. Oh, wow. How, 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 was, how was the chance meeting? Was it a it chance meeting? It wasn't a or? chance meeting. Actually, okay. he, he made a visit to the, um, the new premises at SARS. Okay. It was called Lasars in, in Brooklyn. Yes. And um, we all stood in a line and he came by and he shook everybody's hand. I must know, like, the line was very long. And he just stopped <laughs> at me. You can imagine he's Nelson just, Mandela. He, yeah. he just stopped at me and he looked at me and then he looked at me again and he's like, you are too young. Why are you here? Go back to school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and everybody just burst out laughing. Yeah. Because I was probably the youngest employee at SARS. I was 17 years old at the time. What, what inspired that though? In, instead of going to school and, and, and studying something, going to SARS and... So I couldn't afford to actually study full time. Huh. So I decided to work and study at the same time. Okay. And I've done that for most of my career. Actually all of my career. Which institution? So, uh, so I did it through UNISA. I okay. did my BCom and my BCom honors through UNISA. Mm-hmm. And then I did my MBA through Gibbs. Sheesh. Yeah. So that's that's so that's how it transitioned. So whilst at yeah. SARS, you did your part time studying part-time all the studying. way to. Well, that I actually was only there for two years. Oh, okay. And then obviously when you're kind of growing and you're ambitious and you're like, no, next thing, next thing, next thing. And uh-huh. obviously had a number of jobs after that. Um, and my last one was at Vodacom. Oh. Right. So I. Previous to that was Accenture and uh, Morse Consulting in the UK, and that. But the last one in the corporate world was Vodacom. So I, I want I want you to take us through your experience within our corporate South Africa, like in a different um, industry, so to speak, because you know SARS and Vodacom, like there's a there's a okay. switch, and and even in your life, you were shifting the pace, you were shifting your ambitions as well, you know? So take us through that. So corporate life for me was a big shocker. Uh, Like coming out of school, no skill set in terms of uh, understanding how the corporate world works 
or what I needed to do, what I needed to know. And I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Mm-hmm. And lucky, I'm, I think I'm sharp enough to actually learn from my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them were quite embarrassing, but... Um, yeah, I've, one 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 in particular that you no sorry to, to, to <laughs> take you off the tracks there. <laughs> yeah, there's lots, <laughs> but you learn certain things on etiquette and how to dress for the working world. Sure. How to you know everything that comes that um, I wish I had a guide or a mentor for. Mm. Which when I actually got to the position where I could mentor people, mm-hmm. I would normally take on people coming into the corporate world and trying to build them up because there's a lot of skills that varsities don't teach you. Sure. Schools sure, don't definitely, teach you. you know, definitely. Yeah. Um, but, and it's just basic etiquette. Mm. You know, um, that's kind of the unspoken word. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so working world, uh, going from corporate to corporate, I think for me, corporates are pretty much all the same in a certain sense, right? Um, you get... The, the nice part of corporates and then you get the really <laughs> Not so nice, yeah, yeah. You know, and for me, uh, to be in a corporate, it has to match my values as well. Okay. And at Vodacom, I, gotta say, I love the Vodacom team. I loved being part of the Vodacom family. It was an, it, the, the past eight years with them was an absolute delight. Mm. Um, I've learned and I've grown so much. Um, and the same with every other job. I mean, you, you get those that are quite cutthroat, um, especially in the consulting world where it's up or out. And um, you you learn and you grow very, very, very quickly. Mm. So the skill sets that I have managed to gain over the past two decades are, are phenomenal. Mm. And it makes me a jack of all trades, which gave me the confidence to actually make this leap into entrepreneurship. Mm. Although, that said, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So who are some of the people that um, have been in the industry or the space or have been entrepreneurs all their lives that you look at and you look up to? Within the family? Within my, you know what? Every one of my uncles, both my mom and my dad's side, has been successful. Oh. You know, so they, they all, some of my uncles never even had as much as a Senate six, Mm. which is at a grade eight now. Mm -hmm. And they've made it themselves. Mm. You know, they've, they've become, they've gone to millionaires, they've dropped, they've, you know, Mm. so they've, they, they have grown themselves. And it, it, I think it's the, also the culture where in the Indian communities, the older generations also pushed us, younger, the younger generation, mm. to educate ourselves. Mm. So you find a lot of, okay, in my sense, I wish I had a broader view of what meant education meant, not just doctor, lawyer, accountant. <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or the schooling aspect of it, which um, involves being in an institution when you can get books and actually, yeah. 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 But you were saying? But the second part is sure. you hustle. Yeah. <laughs> you make it happen. You know, it's the streetwise component, which again, you don't learn from a textbook. Mm. So growing up in the flea markets, my dad used to take us to the flea markets every Saturday and Sunday from, I probably was around five, six years old. And then by the age of 10, I would, he would leave me to run the stall and he would pay me to run it. So we would sell jewelry, Mm. selling silver jewelry in, in the flea markets, you know, uh, in Jeppistown and Park Station, Johannesburg, Mm. Sunnyside. So. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we were there. The ranch shows, Pretoria shows, we had stalls. You know, so my dad taught us from a very young age, and my mom as well, uh, you work, you hustle, yeah. you make it happen. You know, so basics of um, understanding business, mm. I think comes from my parents so more no, than anything. No, not to be stereotypical, but from a like a point of inquisition, from the outside looking in, in, in inside mm-hmm. the Indian community and the culture itself, do you think it's an Indian 
thing to teach entrepreneurship above everything else. You know, that, that, that lifestyle of you need to be a hustler. You need to be in business and running stuff. I think it does. I think it's ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Uh, most successful people I know have started off as entrepreneurs, mm. um, to be honest, because that, that's where your streetwise comes in, mm. you know. Um, and it, it, for me, it runs thick in my blood. What, what, are, what are some of the most important lessons you've learned from your uncles that, that have been very successful, that are very, you know, key and, and have helped you as an entrepreneur now? To be very successful in what you're doing? Perseverance. Okay. So, you know, it's very easy to get pulled down by what people say, what people do, the negativity. Sure. It's so easy to fall um, when you're an entrepreneur because mm. you don't have that little net there. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, the things that you look up to is like, look at your finances, track it, uh, make sure you're making the right decisions. If you're not making the right decisions, fix it quickly. Mm. You know, um, you must be nimble enough to make a change. Mm. And adapt. Mm. And if you're not going to adapt, you're going to die. Mm. Mm. Um, and that, I think, runs the, through my entire family. Sure. And we are a large family of girls as well. <laughs> and just about every one of us. How many? Uh, sure. Uh, not, so not, I'm not, I've got one sister. Okay. But I'm talking about my extended family. Okay. My, okay. We are, uh, sure, uh, close to 15 of us. Sheesh. Yeah. Mm, so, mm, mm. and we all very much driven. Yeah. You know, we all have goals. We all have priorities from doctors to lawyers, accountants, um, to people who own their own businesses, uh, you know, from gas to jewelry. It's all in the family. Hmm. What, what, what kind of principles from, you know, what we've spoken about and some of the things that you've learned in your past, are you, you know, like excited to pass down to your children as well? And some of the people that you mentor, really. So, for me, when it comes to principles, that's a very broad question. Okay. Uh, because money doesn't make your life. You make, mm. you make money. <laughs> Interesting. You know. Okay. Elaborate uh, on that. So, my husband always says, your money must shine. Right? And mm-hmm. that is, your heart comes through your money. So, how you make your money is very important. Mm. As long as you're not hurting anybody, you're not doing anybody in, you know, you're good. And... The pie is big enough for everybody. Mm. You know, there is, pay it forward. Sure. Is an important aspect of what's, uh, what we try to teach our kids. Mm. Um, the other thing is also saving. Saving is vitally important because you never know when you're going to need it. I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be sitting here having this interview with you today. If, if it wasn't for. If it, if I didn't save. Or sure. I, you know, I could, I could wake up one morning and say, I'm, ta- I'm done with corporate. I'm going to p- pursue my own thing. Sure. With a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Not worrying about. I have a bond to pay. I have this. Or I have a car mm-hmm. payment to make. Sure. It's like, I need capital. I can sell my car and get the capital. Mm. You know? The, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of youth that uh, get to listen to the show and, you know, the broader audience as well, who are wondering, um, they've never been to a financial institution or financial literacy for them is, is like a foreign concept. So when you speak about saving, probably someone is thinking, okay, you put up, you put aside five rand, at home and then like piggy bank stuff. But let's get into the, 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 the side of financial literacy where you put away enough to be able to sustain yourself with all those responsibilities. And let's talk about it from a point of where do you go? Um, who do you approach? What finance 
financial institutions should be should you be looking at? What are certain deals that you should be looking into as well to be able to achieve this? Um, so are you referring to becoming financially independent? Sure. Okay. So I come also from a background where cash is king. Okay. Right. So if you can't afford to pay something cash, you don't buy it. Oh. That includes a car. Wow. So my first car was Uno. <laughs> I saved up. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. At 18, I bought my first Uno. <laughs> you know? Sure. Uh, it was 15,000 Rand at the time. It it ran. It was light on fuel. It got me from point A to point B. It sure. wasn't the BMW and it wasn't the Merc and it wasn't any of that. And over time, I built myself up. So if I knew I could afford it, then I would buy it. Hmm. But it, when I say afford it, it's not, okay, now I've got 100 bucks. I can spell that 100 bucks. Sure. It's okay. I've got 100 bucks. How much of that 100 Rand can I spend? Hmm. Can I spend the whole hundred? Mm-hmm. What do I have as my safety net then? Or can I spend five rand and have 95 rand safety net? Sure. You know, because that's when you start thinking about your long term and your how do you save? Because saving for retirement is very important. Sure. Um, and I don't think many of us in the current generation are ever going to retire because we'll be paying off debt still. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, yes. Um, so savings, it's, it's a mindset. It is a mindset change. It's knowing that you shouldn't at the age of 18 or even 25 be having five clothing accounts, for mm. instance. Non-productive debt is a killer, mm. you know, especially when there's interest involved. You you can't go down that line. You It, it becomes a spiral mm. and, it, and you can drown very quickly. Mm. So what kind of deal do you have in place? So – for for like a typical example, what how much do you put away to which investment with which company, um, so that we get a, a, a I guess a clearer sense of what kind of you know investment mindset exactly we should be having. Okay, so when you when you are at a point where you can clear out your debt, so mm-hmm. you can become debt free at a very young age. Sure. Uh, starting by not getting into debt in the first place, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, what you do is when you've got enough. Spare cash. Sure. And you obviously got to check what, what it means to have spare cash, right? Um, how much of that can you go into an Alan Gray or a Coronation, which are good performing companies? Okay. Um, and look at their portfolios to see how their portfolios are doing. Sure. Now, your average Joe generally doesn't understand those sorts of things. So mm-hmm. getting a broker involved that you can trust is very important mm. because there's many brokers out there, but not many give you – um, sound advice because a lot of people work on commission, mm. right? So let's face it, they need to make a living, sure, right? And it, it is what it is, but you need start by educating yourself first. Mm-hmm. Where is your money going? What are you spending it on? How much of that can you save up? And then building into, okay, from what I can save up, now where do I invest it? Mm. Can I put it into Satrix on the on the stock exchange, for okay. instance, right? That's a safe, uh, fairly safe. Um, uh, Citrix, you say? Citrix, yeah, okay. on the JSC. Um, there's a number of different vehicles. So all that needs to be investigated. What's You've got to look at your, your risk profiles mm. in terms of how much are you willing to lose as well mm. because every investment as well comes with a loss. If you're not willing to lose a lot, maybe you want to look at a fixed deposit okay. with one of the banks. Okay. You know, So again, um, educate yourself. What's out there? How much are you willing to lose? Start mm. with there. Mm. If you've got 10 rand, are you willing to lose that 10 rand to make it 20? Mm. Very interesting. Styled. So now you've done so many amazing things with uh, Vodacom and, and a couple of other corporate companies. Um, and now you transition to becoming an entrepreneur. 
Now, what informs the decision to move into the styling or the fashion industry and start this particular kind of um, fashion business? So the idea came along about four years ago. Okay. Uh, plus minus. I was sitting in an MBA class. I zoned out. <laughs> and um, with a growing waistline, <laughs> I needed to buy more clothes but didn't have the time to go shopping. Sure. So Zendo, Spree, <laughs> you know, here, yeah. you know, in class. And then people would say, okay, can you order me something? Can you get me something? We like the way you dress. Oh, you know? okay. And I was like, hmm. You know, I, I used to order stuff for them and then they used to just pay me for whatever I ordered. And... They would like, okay, next, when you do that again, please just order for me again and, you know, I'll sort you out. Yeah. And I just sat back and I was like, there's a market here. Mm. <laughs> you know, there's a market in terms of, I never looked at it as personal styling. Okay. At that point. Sure. I was like, it's just a, a convenient service where somebody who knows what I like in my size and my budget can do it for me. Mm. So why is there no service out there that does that? Sure. So when I... I actually, I, I thought of, thought of, thought of it back then. Mm-hmm. I never quite executed on it. Um, simply because I was chasing a corporate career. Okay. You know, I was, I was gonna, I was determined to make it in corporate. Um, it was also the, the safety net. Yes. You know, and you get to a point, it was like, in September last year, I was like, oh, August. I was like, maybe I should pursue this. Yes. You know, there's a market for it. Mm-hmm. There is definitely a market for it. But like Michael Lawrence says, uh, so there's a gap in the market, but is there a market in the gap? <laughs> and he just floored me by that question. Sure, sure, <laughs> he sure. just floored me. Sure. <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, so I took the I took the plunge and I was like, I'm going to make something off this. So help us understand now what is styled and what, how does the business model work? Okay, so styled is an online personal styling service. Sure. Right. Um, it's actually very quick. It's convenient for anybody that's busy or doesn't like shopping mm-hmm. or just never knows what to wear or in, it's just clueless when it comes to fashion. Um, all they need to do is go online to style.ca.za and they fill out their style profile and select a budget. Obviously, tell me how often they want to receive things. So they can start with as, as little as a thousand rand. Okay. Uh, the stylist fee is separate, but they budget okay. as little as a thousand rand. Okay. Um, going up to 10,000. Or even more. If they want to give me a million, I'm happy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they obviously set a budget and tell me, listen, uh, I want to get it either monthly, bi-monthly, quarterly. I just want to try it out. Sure. And they sit back. A stylist, myself or one of my employees, will get a stylist that work with me, will uh, put something together, up to 10 items of clothing. Sure. Depending again on the budget. Um, it'll be sent to the customer. They'll get to try it on at home. If they like anything, they just keep it and send the rest back for a refund. Obviously, mm. TCNC supply and refunds. Mm, mm, mustn't mm, be mm. worn, mustn't be damaged, that sort of thing. Mm. So all garments are checked for quality and um, size. So where do, you, where do you source the clothing from? So I started off saying I wanted to do international and local. Sure. Right. And then I started talking to local designers. Sure. And I'm... I mean, the struggle is there. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> the struggle is it's real, real locally, yeah. you know, especially the retail industry. Sure. And I think somewhere at the back of my mind, it was kind of chirping at me. It's like, you're South African. Why aren't you supporting South Africans? Sure. So I started very quickly moving into supporting South African designers okay. and stocking their stuff. Sure. Which is why I've also opened the studio to complement the service, whereas mm-hmm. people who don't want to do the online styling thing can come in. We can do color consultations. We can do style consultations, um, coaching in the studio, where I also have a number of South African brands um, in the studio that they can try on and uh, buy right there. Mm. You know, um, So I, f- I try and focus 
all my efforts on South African designers. Mm. So you'll see my website. My website will be changing very soon. Okay. To be focused in terms of layout. In terms of content. Yeah. Okay. Uh, to be more South African based. Hmm. And w- so, what 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 kind of uh, deal have you brokered with these designers? Um, do they give you at a particular fee, which is probably less than what they would sell the clothes for? What's what's the dynamic there? So at the moment, I work on a commission basis. Okay. Um, and also. <laughs> Some stylists, um, so sorry, some designers, designers sure. uh, work on a commission basis, some on a wholesale basis. But obviously, because I don't want to drown myself in stock, um, I want to actually create a system that allows designers to get feedback from customers mm. uh, where they can and use that feedback to say, uh, how do I refine my designs? Sure. How do I address the market need? Sure. Rather than my own creative need. Mm. You know, because yes, you need your design flair to come through. Sure. But you also need to sell your stuff. You know, and but you're not going to wear the clothes. Exactly. Yeah. If people are not going to buy it, if they're not going to wear it. Sure. Right. Let's <laughs> let's uh, spades a spade, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and over time, we'll build that up, uh, which will allow designers then to refine and create new products. For the market. Um, so a lot of it is a partnership with our local designers. And it's so far, it's been working very well. Mm. well what, are, what are some of the designers um, that you so are working work, with? So I work, Tanish, uh Danielle Freilink, uh, the House of Diva. Uh, there's a, such a long list. Yana S. So there's it. It's a very, very long list. How, ha- how have they found the, the relationship? Are they, are they happy with how things are working out in the relationship are you happy as well i am happy and so are they okay uh, because obviously they get feedback immediately from me saying why has the customer sent something back i mm. mean online or in a shop they don't get that feedback sure you know uh, which is it it it's just the retail model mm. right it, it is what it is uh, to have 100 feet come into the shop and bring something back they're not going to be able to keep track of all of that mm. how many know? employees do you so I currently have, have three. Okay. Most of my stuff is outsourced to keep my expenses low. Sure. Um, so that I was thinking give back more to my customers. So um, stuff like? Um, so things like my IT is outsourced, okay. right? Um, obviously hosting, all of that is outsourced. My development is outsourced. Um, and yeah. So the, the three people that you have in, in the company right now, what are the responsibilities? Um, so personal styling okay. is one. And uh, the other one is social media. Sure. And then I take on interns as well who work as stylist and on social media and other marketing channels. So how do you, how do you hope now to grow this um, business? Oh, that's such a broad question. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thinks I'm, I'm moving like a, a, a bullet train <laughs> at the moment. Well, so, but I have to. Right? With, with, with these gifts and, 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 and talents, I mean, Market. We, we, we bound to expect much from you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so I want to start growing local, right? And I want to take local international. Okay. So when I say local international, if I can bid down the model locally sure. um, with the right clientele and the right logistic systems and distribution systems in place, I'd like to expand into other countries, sure. Um, further into Africa, as well as the likes of New Zealand and Australia, where there's a lot of expats. Tell them what they're missing. <laughs> Show them what they're missing. <laughs> so, 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 have you, have you, or do you have 
uh, a service for the exclusive clients like your celebrities, high profile CEOs and those guys that's separate from, you know, us, I guess the, uh, <laughs> the, the I general. A celebrity, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't downplay yourself. Nah. <laughs> so. So yes, we do. Okay. Uh, so that's a lot more, uh, personalized, uh, in terms of it's more, Personal interaction okay. rather than online. Oh, Unless they want okay. the online. Okay. Yeah. Well, they, they, they have access to that and they have the, ex- the, the leisure of, of accessing more personalized. Okay. Correct. And we do workshops as well for ladies and men. So we're introducing uh, the men's line soon as well. Sure. The men's online starting site. Um, it's currently in test mode. Uh, that should be up in the next few weeks. Oh, so now you are concentrating on women on mostly. Women. Oh, yeah. okay. So we're trying okay. to get kind of the profiles and that going. Sure, there's a lot of sure. things that have to get into place. Sure. And it's easier to replicate than for men. Um, and I'm speaking to a lot of the designers on the men's side. So from the men's perspective, we'll be doing a lot of like the grooming sessions and, you know, how to actually dress for success kind of. Uh, workshops, uh, that sort of uh, thing. Uh. So it is a very collaborative, very innovative uh, because I get designers involved as well. Mm. Where people, when we do the workshops, designers come to my place and they they bring a whole host of their range. Sure. And people get to try it on. So what if I'm, I'm invited to the Met and I, I I want to be styled by you? Yeah. But I don't want to keep the garments. I just want your styling to look great for the red carpet. Is is there a place or i don't know a service for me to source the clothing so you start me from sourcing clothing from other brands or mm-hmm. designers and then i'll just bring it back after the met and i'm like okay guys cool i've worn your tuxedo now i can go back to my <laughs> sneakers and whatnot don't we wish we could all have that <laughs> yeah that that is a bit difficult okay um in the sense that we would need to get designers on board who are willing mm. to actually approach those clothes sure um and from from experience, a lot are not comfortable with that because clothes usually come back damaged mm. or, you know, there's stains on it that they can't get out. And it's, it just becomes so much of a hassle mm. that it's, it's, it becomes very difficult. It's not, um, impossible. It's, it becomes very difficult. Mm. And when, when, when you look at the online platform or just the online, what I, I, I say industry for lack of a better word in, in, in South Africa, it's not doing so great because people are still apprehensive about shopping online or doing anything online because they're afraid fraud and all these different yep. things. So is, is, does that pose a big challenge for you it, and your business? It does pose a challenge in the sense that um, this is a step above online shopping. Okay. So the only thing they're going to do online is actually enter their profile and pay for their package. Sure. That's about it. Mm. The rest of it is done all offline and sent to them. Mm. So there's not a, there's not a lot of risk there mm. in terms of online. Mm. But the online, I think online sales are, are, are taking off. Okay. And we've got um, a lot of room ahead of us sure. to grow and the, and the penetration rates we're expecting to really move up. I, I can't um, quote exact penetration figures at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, but I know it's, it's been, it's been escalating at a steady pace. Sure. Um, in terms of online shopping itself, I think the biggest hesitance for people is the quality that they get in the fit 
when it comes to clothing. Also, those are some of the pain points that the, you, yeah. that you, that well, you have I've experienced it myself, okay. right? Because like I said, I'm an avid online shopper and sure. I, I shop at different sites. I, I'll still continue to shop and, and support the big brands. Um, there's no doubt about that because they do have some really good things. Sure. And they are also moving towards manufacturing things in South Africa. So I try to buy now. I'm, I become more conscious about proudly South African goods. Um, so I'm, I've tried to move more in that direction of buying proudly South African made. And, um, yeah. So online, I would say the biggest pain points for me, especially, um, fit and quality. So how are you working around that? Because those pose a challenge to you, obviously being successful in, 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 in this space. So from our perspective, we, because we hand select garments, we make sure that the quality is right. Hmm. And over time, based like every designer designs for a specific body type. Hmm. They don't design for every type of body type. Hmm. You know, hmm. um, so a small in one designer will be very different, different to a small yes. in another designer because mm-hmm. they they design for different body types. Hmm. And over time, we would be able to match our clients up to specific designers. I see, based on their body type, or body shape rather, and the pre- style preference. There's still a lot of work to be done, huh? Lots, <laughs> lots, lots, lots. You know, you, you think starting a business like that, you, you just take off and, and, and no. just do the most. But it's, it's very intricate. It but I, I guess starting a business is about telling yourself that you're in this for the long haul. You, you want to see this through. And this is just yes. your life from now on. What would you or how would you describe authentic leadership? Being at the head of this company. Authentic leadership. Yeah. <laughs> That's a tough question. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> well, it's the youth leadership platform. So. so authentic leadership for me is do as you say and say as you do. Mm. You know, there's nothing worse in kind of calling somebody out on. They, they saying one thing, but doing the total opposite. Sure. You know, it's, it, that's the basis. It's, it's your basic. People must be able to trust you. Mm. Uh, they must be able to trust your word. Mm. And they trust your word by your action. Oh, yes. So for me, it starts there. It, okay. uh, it starts and ends there. Mm. You know, everything else is nice. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to your 20-year-old self or 17-year-old self that's starting at SARS, what's, what's your parting message? You're going to make it. <laughs> Have faith. Work yeah. hard. Sure. Keep your head down. Sure. Keep moving. You know. It's, it, it works out. It all works out. The pie is big enough for everybody. So it's www.style.co.za. Styled spelled S-T-Y-L-D. How do people get a hold of you other than, um, through your website? Um, so the, the contact details are on there. So they can, uh, they can send an email to hello at styled.co.za or they can call 066-457-0457. Awesome. We've also got a very special, uh, reward to anybody listening to your Podcast. Okay. okay. Um, if they go on between now and the 15th of May, which is my sister's birthday, <laughs> <laughs> they will get 50% of their stylist fee off their first delivery by putting in the coupon hashtag Cliff Styled. Oh my goodness. You got it here first. That's the YLP styling you and keeping it stylish. So go, go, go and get styled, right? Yes. They must go and get, get styled. styled. Thank you so much, Keshni, for, for coming through and, and hanging with us. And it's, it's been a thrill to learn. You know, I've seen a lot of business models, but this one is, you know, is, is a cut 
<laughs> it's cut from a different it's cloth, change. and it's 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 very it's very different, and it's definitely can be a game changer with with a person like you behind it. So thank you so much for coming through to the Youth Leadership Platform. We appreciate your pearls of wisdom from the Youth Leadership Platform. Uh, get in touch with me at Simply Bongani across all social media: YLP Cliff Central, Twitter, and Instagram. Youth Leadership Platform on Facebook. For this week's podcast, we're signing out. Download the podcast, share, ask questions. Tell us what you want to hear more. Tell us what's not working for you. Tell us who you'd like to hear from next on the Youth Leadership Platform. This is CliffCentral.com.